It's the JT The Brick Show. They get the snap off. Hand off Jacobs. That's the first down of the goal. 15, 10, 5, touchdown Raiders! Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. Raiders bring a blitz. He is smothered and brought down. Max Crosby came around for the sack. Your silver and black home to sound off for over 20 years. Shotgun snap to Stidham. Lobs to your corner for Adams. Makes the grab in the corner. Touchdown Raiders. An absolutely perfect pass. And Adams dragged his feet in the back left corner. And now, filling in for JT today is Harry Ruiz. Raider Nation, let's start off another week strong here on Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM. I'm Harry Ruiz filling in for JT the Brick, who will be back on the airwaves tomorrow here in the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. As always, thank you to my man Bobby Machado on the board. We have a great show lined up for you today where the main topic, in my opinion, is talking about Josh Jacobs. Why? Because after having a lot of radio silence from the leading rusher in the 2022 NFL season, we had a tweet that came out on Saturday that has everybody, well, a little bit more nervous at the Raider Nation. You don't know if he's coming back, if he's not coming back, what the situation is. Everybody, there's negotiations going down, that's for sure. And there's still time to get a long-term deal. But why is Raider Nation maybe a little bit more nervous than they were on Friday? Well, I'll be telling you in a bit. Let me first talk to you about the guests that I have lined up here today's for today's JT The Brick Show. Jesus Lopez, the Spanish radio broadcaster for the Vegas Golden Knights will be in studio here today after traveling all over Canada, after going to Dallas, after going to Sunrise, Florida. He's back in Las Vegas. He's been all around with the Golden Knights ahead of this huge game that's coming down in Las Vegas tomorrow. Well, we're going to be talking to him about how his experience has been traveling with the Vegas Golden Knights for their home games, road games, and all over the place, and being one win away from hoisting the Stanley Cup. My Our producer here in Raider Nation Radio, Bobby, very well said it right before we came on the air. Hey, it might be the only time that the Golden Knights are in this position. We hope that's not the case, but you got to enjoy it as it is because there's other franchises that they've won one, and they haven't been back. Or there's other teams, unlike the Golden Knights, who've been in the Stanley Cup final twice in the past five years. Well, it's past six years. Well, they're lucky. They're in a good spot because they put themselves in a good spot. Now let's see if they're able to clinch it. Logan Reaver from 8 News Now will be joining me as well a little bit later. And now we're number two because he was also out there in Florida for this Golden Knights-Panthers-Stanley Cup final series. And he did some very cool crowdsourcing out there with Panthers fans who aren't fans of not only the Golden Knights, but the city of Las Vegas. So I'll be talking to him about that, about how the this Golden Knights team is so close to hoisting the Stanley Cup and at home. And also in our number two, I got Ryan Sakamoto, better known as Beast Rider on social media. He was out this weekend for Champ Kelly's camp with some high schoolers at Raiders headquarters at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center. We'll talk about that and also mandatory minicamp because that concluded last week. 
Now they're back at Raiders headquarters, players are, for OTAs. If they conclude it with the final session on Thursday, we'll be there at Raiders headquarters. But it's very interesting to see what's going down with the silver and black and, of course, talk about this Josh Jacobs situation that we have been talking about for a while, but we hadn't heard from Josh in um, in any way, social media, interviews. I mean, the last thing we heard from Josh was him posting on social media that he was changing his number to number eight starting this season, which I saw as a positive for the Raiders. That If they're changing his number, that means that he's coming back, right? Right? Or at least that's what Raider Nation is hoping, but... There was a tweet that was posted on Saturday, June 10th, 6.34 in the morning Pacific time, which is 9.34 out in the East, where Josh Jacobs said, sometimes it's not about you. We got to do it for the ones after us. And then a shrug emoji. What does that mean, Raider Nation? Well, we've seen it a lot in the quarterback market where there has to be a... group text between all the starting quarterbacks in the NFL where it's like, yo, I'm getting paid X amount of dollars. Make sure your contract is higher. Why? Because that way the next man up gets a deal that surpasses mine. And then you guys just protect each other. Unfortunately for the running backs, that hasn't been the case. The running back position is one where you get a lot of punishment on your body. Why? Because every time you carry the ball, there's a high chance that you get taken down with a tackle. How many times a game do you see a running back run out of bounds? Not many. Unless you're trying to stop the clock in the final two minutes of the game, they'll run out of bounds. If not, they'll take the burden of a big tackle by a huge linebacker and take the hit, go down, and keep playing. And they aren't taken care of the same way as other positions. You look at the highest paid players in the NFL, and of course, the quarterbacks, they dominate that conversation. You look over at the average per year. You look over at the guaranteed money, and the top seven on each of those are quarterbacks. Why? Because this is a quarterback-driven league. Because the NFL, if you don't have a quarterback in a great spot, you're going to – how many teams – have won a Super Bowl without a great quarterback. Not many. Very few. So if you have a great quarterback, you're in a good spot to win the the Super Bowl championship. Look over at the best-paid quarterbacks in the league. You look at guys like a Jalen Hurts, Aaron Rodgers, Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes. Those are guys that you're talking about as contenders for the Super Bowl championship. Lamar Jackson, who just signed his deal. MVP in the league. When he's out, Baltimore looks like a completely different team. They, you don't consider them dangerous if Lamar isn't on that roster. So it's a quarterback-driven league. But after the quarterbacks, wide receivers are getting taken, very, taken care of very well. Defensive ends, they are players that... Nowadays, you look at it and be like, yo, if you got a good defensive end, an edge rusher, that can change the way that your team plays. A TJ Watt, a Joey Bosa, a Miles Garrett. Like those guys can make a difference. But then you look over at the running backs, and if you have a running back 
a la Josh Jacobs last year with the Raiders, leading rusher, that if he's in the backfield, you have to be loading up the box. You have to be keeping your eye on him and not just saying he's a decoy. You have to be ready for him, and that opens up spaces for the rest of your offensive weapons, for your wide receivers, for your slots, for your tight ends. There's less attention on them because the running back, everybody's keeping an eye on him. And they're not getting compensated the same way. Why? Because coaches, general managers, front offices, they look at the value at the draft, and heck, how many running backs are drafted first round nowadays? I mean, this year it was an anomaly that two went in the top 10. But besides that, Josh Jacobs, he got drafted in the late 20s by the Silver and Black in 2019. You don't see teams saying we need to get a running back with a top 10 pick. Not many. If it's not a John Robinson, not a lot of people are thinking we need this guy right now. Look over at previous drafts. Players that start balling as rookies have been Second, third, fourth rounders. Isaiah Pacheco from Rutgers. He was a seventh rounder, and he won the Super Bowl with the Chiefs, and he played good. He wasn't a star, but he got his yards. He got his touchdowns. He won the Super Bowl with the Chiefs. And even Clyde Edwards-Elaire in the previous drafts, he was injured. Well, they just plugged in a seventh-round rookie, and there it is. Josh Jacobs, all we've heard from him is that tweet. Sometimes it's not about you. We got to do it for the ones after us. Somebody that spoke a little bit more than Jacobs is another running back that's in the same situation. Saquon Barkley with the New York Giants. He held his camp with a free camp for kids, by the way. That, that's pretty cool that it was free. And he spoke with the media. So we have the point of view from somebody that's in the same situation as Josh Jacobs. And You've heard a lot in the media. Oh, he's frustrated. Oh, he's pissed off and this and that. Saquon Barkley was asked, how does he feel right now in this situation? And this is what he said. How does he feel? Let's hear Saquon. I would say, well, everyone came out and said that I'm frustrated. Well, no one wants to get tagged. I mean, that's, that's a, I mean, if anybody, if you put anybody in position, nobody wants to get tagged. But I don't think it was, the, the thing that I'm frustrated most about is, like how I said, family business is family business. And then sources come out and stories get leaked and then come from me. So that's the only thing that I would say where frustrations come from. But I understand it. I'm, I'm well known. I'm mature enough to understand, like, this is the business. This is the NFL side of it. This is how it goes. This is how it works. So me getting tagged, was I upset about it? No one wants to get tagged. But to sit here and say I was frustrated, I was mad, I was upset, what really got me upset is that the stories that got leaked out and how misleading they were and how untruthful they were. And I feel like it was trying to like paint a narrative of me or paint a picture of me that's not even the truth, not even close to being the truth. So there you heard the starting running back for the New York football giants. He's upset not about the tag, even though he said he doesn't want to get tagged, but more about the stories that get leaked that he didn't, he says are untruthful. And that's sometimes tactics that franchises use. It's like leak information to beat writers, to reporters, to people that are going to post them either on their websites, on their newspapers, especially New York. You know how that media market works. And just portray the player in some matter, maybe as a little bit of an egomaniac or somebody that's 
all about me, 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 me. That's what Saquon is a little bit disappointed about. And, I mean, he has all the right to be so. He's like, talk to me. When you hear from me, that's what I'm talking about. Not what people report or sources say. It's like, no, talk to the player. And there you heard him. He doesn't want to be tagged, but he's disappointed at some leaks. And I'll say this. The Raiders, compared to pretty much every other organization in the NFL, very few times, if not never, leak out information to the media. Look at the schedule release as an example. There were teams that their beat writers had already released the whole schedule, Exhibit A, Green Bay Packers, before the schedule release. On the Raiders' side, nobody had any information because they keep it a tight-knit uh, situation, operation, where they're not going to be leaking information. The Raiders, they're playing it the way that they want to play it, just talking to Josh Jacobs, talking to their representation, and it might not be a situation where everybody's happy right now, but there's still time, and that's the important part. There is still time to get a deal done. Mid-July, it's June 12th. It's a day with beautiful weather right now. I've been in the studio for the last two hours prepping the day's show, And I walked out for five minutes, and it was raining. I didn't even notice it was raining. That's how you know it's June, because July, we're going to be talking about 115-degree weather here in Las Vegas. So there's still time, people, a month, for there to be a negotiation and to get a long-term deal done. If the long-term deal doesn't get done by July 17th, which I'm pretty sure is a date where the franchise tag players get an opportunity to that's the deadline to sign a long-term extension if there's nothing done by then then you got to start thinking okay are we going to get a situation where a player plays with the franchise tag or are we going to get a situation like Le'Veon Bell that he sits out for a season there's still time we'll see what happens then and we got our first caller of the day here 702-365-9200 you know the phone lines are always open with me unless we have a guest if we have a guest you just got to hang out hang on a little bit but Gangster Raider you're on the line right now my man how are you always great talking to you I'm good homeboy how are you Living life one day at a time. That's right. You living the dream. What I want to say is, I think the um this new um administration, McDaniel's and Ziegler, they already made one mistake by not um extending this fifth year option and by dragging out this negotiation, it's um compounding that mistake. You know, since so you already made the mistake by not you know giving them the fifth year option, just go on and pay him. You know, pay him at least twelve, thirteen a year. You know, what I'm saying with twenty million guaranteed, and that should be the deal. You know what I mean? And also, another mistake they made, I think we should have paid and locked up Stidham. We shouldn't have let Stidham get away because, look, we really don't have a quarterback right now. You know what I'm saying? I know we're supposed to have um, Garoppolo, but his foot messed up. Who's to say he's going to be ready? You know what I'm saying? And the only guarantee we got, well, yeah, we got a disgruntled wide receiver, even though Devontae tries to, you know, walk back to comments. It's obvious he's not happy with the direction the team's going. You know what I'm saying? And Josh Jacobs is not even in um, OTAs. So I think this is a bad look for this um, administration. It's mistake after mistake after mistake. They started off with the um, mistake by not giving the fixture option. Now they tag, well, they're trying to tag him. They see like he's resisting. You know what I'm saying? And they signed Garoppolo without making sure we had Stidham. It's like, like a cluster F. You know what I'm saying? And I don't see how it's going to get better unless the only way it gets better is if Garoppolo is ready and ready to go for training cap and is able to get on the same page with the wide receivers, which is asking a lot because they're not even able to throw right now. 
So I think in order to make the best out of the situation, just go on and pay Josh Jacobs. You know what I'm saying? So you at least have one bona fide star there that's not disgruntled because you won't be disgruntled because you're going to be done paid him. You know what I'm saying? And then everybody else will probably fall in line, including Devontae. What you think? Let me ask you this. Do the Raiders, in your opinion, also get the benefit of the doubt? And all the other teams in the NFL that aren't paying their running backs, when you look at cases like Dalvin Cook, like Zeke with Dallas, that they got their big paydays and now they're getting cut because they're like, you know what, we prefer to go with somebody else instead of having that big uh, cap uh, hit on our roster with the nah, big pay nah, running that back. Don't, that don't matter because they didn't grow up homeless like Josh Jacobs did. Josh Jacobs is a whole different animal, a whole different beast. I think once he gets paid, he ain't going to go and do like Zeke and the rest of them bums. You know what I'm saying? He's built from a whole other different stature. He come from a line of um, a long line of overachievers. You know what I'm saying? And I think once he gets paid, he's going to stop over. Whoa. Let me see. Do, do you got you there, Gangsta? Oops. Sorry. So we lost Gangsta. If you want to call back, we'll we'll catch you right now. Sorry, there was another caller uh, coming in right now, and there's a little uh, error right there with the phone. But we'll, if you want to call back, we'll hear you in a bit. I loved what he said right there. Yeah, Josh Jacobs, he's cut from a different cloth. This man, he... He came up from nothing to now having a lot in his pocket, to having a career in the NFL, to being a starter, to being the leading rusher in the league, to being somebody that when you're talking about Josh Jacobs, you're talking about a player that he is being compared now numbers-wise to Marcus Allen, where you're talking about the yardage, when you're talking about the touchdowns in a season. What he did in 2022 was out of his mind. He showed the Raiders that he deserved that fifth-year fifth year option. The Raiders told him, show us, pretty much, with that option, with that situation. By not giving him that fifth-year option, they, they told him, show us that you deserve it. And, heck, he outperformed, and now he's in a situation where after four years, he can be looking into an extension. Uh, Gangsta, we got him back. Gangsta, we apologize, brother. We got you back on the line right there. Yeah, I was saying that he's come from a long line of overachievers, and I I think once he gets once he gets paid, he's gonna stop over. He's gonna make. It's probably gonna be more incentive and more fire, fuel on the fire for him to even get even better. You understand what I'm saying? Because he's not built like a Zeke. You know what I'm saying? Zeke, I never really liked Zeke as much as I like Josh Jacobs. Josh Jacobs to me is the heart of this team, and you know what I'm saying? Josh Jacobs is the heart, and um, Max Crosby is like the drive. You know what I'm saying? So. If once you get the heart of the team settled and get him right, everything else is going to follow. You know what I mean? And I don't think he's that kind of individual that once he gets paid, he's just going to stop doing what he's doing. No, I think he's going to get even better. There's going to be more fuel for the fire. I think he wants to continually lead the league in rushing. Once he got a taste of that and he see he can do it, I think he wants to do it two or three more times in a ready uniform. Exactly, and I would love it. Gangsta, I really appreciate your call. You know you're one of my favorite callers, always tuning in here on Raider Nation Radio. We got John from Henderson calling in today here on Raider Nation Radio. John, what's on your mind? Hey, man. I just called to uh, disagree with the previous caller there, and uh, I think he's coming from a a good place, a pure place. But uh, Raider Nation, if Ziegler is anything like his mentor, Belichick, you guys are in for a rude awakening, man. Uh, Belichick just simply does not value running backs at all. And also, you know, the Mayock was probably the worst general manager I've ever seen in my lifetime. Ziegler and uh, uh, the coach 
they, they had like $50 million in dead cap money last year, and I think they've got like $30 million still this year. So Mayock just threw money at everything, Mayock and Gruden. And these guys are fiscally prudent. They're just like Belichick. They're not going to overpay anybody, anytime, and they just don't value the running back position. So uh, it's a whole different uh, regime over there, and they do things the exact opposite way that Mayock and Gruden did. Yeah, and that's another situation where I'm like, I was trying to play devil's advocate, and you look at it, and it's like, how healthy can Josh Jacobs stay? Last year was his first season where he played the full season. It was his first time in the NFL after the first three years. He missed three games as a rookie, a a game in 2020. Sorry, two games in 2020, two games in 2021. 2022 was his first full season in the NFL. So playing devil's advocate, you talk about the health of a running back and the value you can get out of it. And it's like it's a tough situation. It's a tough decision. If you go with with your heart, John, you say pay the guy. He delivered for us last year. But you're also thinking about the future, right? Yeah, and I, I like Jacobs. I think he's. I think he's. Uh, hey, I'm a Steeler fan, and and, and he. he uh, people in Pittsburgh love Najee Harris. I think Najee Harris is a bum, and, and Najee Harris sat on the bench because Josh Jacobs was in front of him. I think Jacobs is extremely talented, uh, but I also don't think it's a surprise that he had his first season when he was up for a contract extension. You know, his first healthy season and played every game and and knocked the ball out of the park. So, the bottom line is these guys are not going to waste money. And and I and I agree with that philosophy. There's nothing worse. They they hamstrung him so badly. They had over fifty million dollars in dead cap charges, and they were carrying a bomb. I I forget the defensive lineman. Uh, he was he still kind of like ten million dollars to the cap last year. So different different regime. It's I think it's a much better regime. Thank you for your call, John. I appreciate you. We welcome every caller out here in Raider Nation Radio. If you're pro, if you're con, whatever your opinion is when it comes to this topic, we want to hear you. That's why we got Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. We want to give you a voice here in the Las Vegas Valley. And, of course, we're on the air here in the Vegas Valley, but you can listen to us anywhere online and on the Raiders app. So we want to hear your opinion, Raider Nation. 702-365-9200. I want to go to a quick break, but after it, we got more from Saquon Barkley, who spoke about the situation, about the running back market, about if he would play under the franchise tag. I know it's Monday, Raider Nation. But every day is a good day good day to go out and get a Modelo because Modelo is an official cerveza of the Raiders and the official beer of fans with the fighting spirit. Modelo, rooted in the heart of the Raider Nation. We'll take more of your calls after this break. 702-365-9200. the JT The Brick Show with today's guest host, Harry Ruiz. 4.32, acarreo de Josh Jacobs. Jacobs, encuentra el espacio, encuentra el hueco, avanza. Jacobs, se va, se va, se va. Y despídalo con un peso. Anotación. Touchdown. Raiders. Los malosos dejan tendidos en el campo los halcones marinos de Seattle con un acarreo anotador de 86 yardas de Josh 
Jacobs, noche increíble para Jacobs, 33 acarreos, 229 yardas, 2 touchdowns y súmenle también 6 recepciones, 74 yardas, Josh Jacobs, eres el héroe de la Raider Nation. But Bobby told me I got a highlight lined up for Josh Jacobs. I wasn't expecting to hear myself here on Raider Nation Radio in Spanish. But, yeah, that game, he went crazy. 300 yards plus. I mean, and then that 80-plus yard touchdown, that game was bananas for the silver and black, the win against the Seattle Seahawks. I'm Harry Ruiz. We're here on the JT The Brick Show today where we're talking about the running back for the silver and black, Josh Jacobs. He posted a tweet on Saturday after being pretty much silent talking about his contract situation. He said on Twitter, on Saturday morning, sometimes it's not about you. We got to do it for the ones after us. Right now, the running back market isn't getting a lot of love from franchises, from general managers, from front offices, from the coaching staff. Let's remember the Raiders, Josh McDaniels mentioned it at the start of mandatory minicamp. Everybody is here except Josh Jacobs, who is hasn't signed the franchise tag. If Jacobs either signed the franchise tag or reached a long-term agreement with the Raiders, then he would be required to have been last week at mandatory minicamp. But he hasn't. Same case with Saquon Barkley, the running back for the New York football Giants, that he hasn't signed his franchise tag either. So neither of these players is obligated to be at those mandatory minicamps because they're technically not under contract you have to be under contract to be in the building so they're not getting fined they're not getting docked any kind of money out of their pockets because they aren't there at a mandatory minicamp unlike uh buda baker with the arizona cardinals he went to mandatory minicamp even though he wants to get traded even though he wants to get out of there He went to mandatory minicamp. Why? Because if he had been there, if he hadn't been there those three days, he would have got him fined nearly $100,000. And you know that's a lot of money. So they're there. Unlike Saquon and Josh, they don't have to be there because they are not under contract. We got our next caller, 702-365-9200 is the number you got to call to be here on the Raider Nation listener line like Mitch from New Jersey, who's calling in, Mitch? Always a pleasure talking to you, my friend. Likewise, I love when you you be on the whole week. Let me know. I'll spy on you on your Twitter line timeline. How's that? There you go. Yeah, I'll post usually an hour or two before the show that I'm coming on. So, uh, what's up with you, Mitch? What do you think about well, the Jacob situation? Do you want him to get paid? Do you think the Raiders shouldn't pay him? What's on your mind? Well, first, I want I I wish you. Uh, Get, get those Dodgers moving. I can't believe they're in second place, three and a half. The, the series down with Philly came so fast. I'm glad I didn't go because you heard what happened. They had an explosion early in the morning, yesterday morning. Six lanes that had to be torn down. It's going to take four months. The, between exits 23, it was a disaster. I'm glad nobody nobody, nobody got killed, miraculously. Um, I wanted to get, pay uh, Jacobs. Otherwise, we're back to square one. You never know where you're getting with these drafts. Sometimes it's like a box of chocolates. He's earned it. He deserves it. Uh, he's easy to have a second. I love seeing him having a, a good backup, too. It's like the quarterbacks. If you have two good running backs, you can really play around with that playbook. 
And um, hopefully we get three quarterbacks, and I hope and Renfro can remain with, with our team. All right, thanks for taking my call. Enjoy. Hope oh. I talk to you soon. Of course, I appreciate you like always, Mitch. And, yeah, I mean, he spoke about the Dodgers. Hey, the Dodgers aren't in a great spot right now, but I'm still wearing my Dodgers gear. Bobby won't let you guys down. He knows I'm wearing my Dodger gear. I'm wearing my Dodger hat. I'm wearing a Manchester City jersey, and a lot of people give me crap about it. I'm like, yo, I bought it on clearance. I don't even like Manchester City, but I'm wearing it. He's lying. He's a Manchester fan. (laughs) No, not at all. Not Uh at all. I'm a Real Madrid fan, but hey. These kids actually got Dodgers socks. Look at this crap. Not today, actually. They're the shoes. They're the Griffies. The the I got the Dodger socks. I'll wear them next time I'm in, so that way you you got the you'll tell the truth, Bobby. See, guys, I told you I was lying, but I knew he had a pair someplace. Oh, I got two pairs of Dodger socks. There you go. I got a military one, and I got the Dodger blue one. Dodger military socks. Yes, sir. This is an example of mo. You got way too much money, pal. <laughs> no, no. I See, actually, in the old days, people bought cocaine. Now they buy Dodger socks. <laughs> Great sign. You got way too much money, bud. No, I wish. I wish I was in that spot, but not there yet. We got to keep grinding. We got to keep working hard to get to a good situation. Somebody that grinded hard, that worked hard, was Josh Jacobs. You look at his numbers last year and the amount of touches he got, I mean, they were incredible. They were the most in his career, both rushing the ball and catching the ball. 340 rushes for 1,653 yards, both of them career highs, and he tied his career high with 12 touchdowns. 64 targets, career high. 53 receptions, one shy of his career high, but 400 yards receiving. Over 2,000 total yards for the Raiders running back. He's got a less amount of, um, I mean, heck, just a tie bit below Marcus Allen with his best career season when you combine both of his rushing and his reception yards. He was big time for this Raiders offense that unfortunately the team only was able to win six games, but when the team won, you would see at Jacob's stats and you would see that he was a big difference maker. Where he is definitely short is when you come to talk about salary. You look at the best wide receiver in the game, Devontae Adams. That's undisputed that he's the best. Justin Jefferson, he's up there, and he's young, and he will surpass him someday, but I don't think that day has arrived yet. Devontae Adams is the best. That's why he got paid like the best wide receiver in the game after he got traded to the Raiders. Now, do you want to have both a very highly paid wide receiver and a very highly paid running back? We had a caller right now, John from Henderson, that made a great point. New England Patriots, they don't pay that way. And who is now under control with the Raiders? Somebody that came from that New England tree. Will he follow those instincts that showed him in New England that you don't pay running backs, or will he go his own way? Because I'll also say this. How many times have the New England Patriots traded a first and a second-round pick for an offensive weapon? Never. Heck, when they traded for Randy Moss... From to the rate from the Raiders, what did they get get back? I mean, not much. The Raiders did. So that's like they are a very a team that doesn't take much. Moss was acquired by New England on April 29, 2007 for a fourth round pick. And he went on to have a fantastic season or two with the Patriots. 
The Raiders, they got Devontae Adams for a first and a second round draft pick, which are premier draft picks. So just because they did a, a thing, things a certain way in New England, that doesn't mean now that the Raiders brass is going to do the things the same way out here in Las Vegas. So look at it that way. The Raiders right now, you don't know if they're going to follow the script like they did in New England or not. Let's go to a quick break, Raider Nation, because we got Jesus Lopez ready to come into the studio to talk about some Vegas Golden Knights hockey. But before that, I want to tell you that the Black Hole Fan Club has been the foundation of the nation with over 40 chapters worldwide since 1995. If you bleed silver and black and want to connect with other diehard fans, then visit theblackhole.com and become an official member of football's most notorious fans. Let's go to a break, and after it, we'll talk Golden Knights hockey. the JT The Brick Show with today's guest host, Harry Ruiz. When we get back on the ice uh, Monday, you know, it's time to get back to work and back to business. And our, our group's been very good at that, Nick. Very good. Uh, they understand what's at stake. There you go, Bruce Cassidy, the coach for the Vegas Golden Knights who are trying to clinch their first ever Stanley Cup tomorrow here in Las Vegas at T-Mobile Arena. And somebody that will be there in the fortress is my very good friend and fantastic play-by-play -play announcer in Spanish for the Vegas Golden Knights, Jesus Lopez, better known as a Locotlan. Jesus, welcome back to Las Vegas. I mean, if you're traveling more than anybody, you're pretty much <laughs> just being there with the Golden Knights everywhere. How has that experience been? Because it's the first time that you've traveled for more than one series. I remember what was it 19 yeah, that you were out there in San Jose? San Jose yeah. And that's that a short trip. One. That was yeah. a short trip. Now you're going to Canada. You're going to Dallas. You're going to Florida. How has that this experience been for you to be out there with the Golden Knights every uh, single game? Calling the goals the way I do it in Winnipeg and Edmonton. Of course, they didn't like it in Dallas. You know, it's a, it's a challenge, you know, because uh, you're I'm, I'm just yelling at the top of my lungs those goal calls, and I do it soccer style like a lot of people know. But it's been uh, very, very... Uh, Great experience, it is. I can imagine Amazing. the whole arena being super quiet after a Golden Knights goal, and then all they hear <laughs> is a Mexican guy going, and They're yes. like, where the heck is that guy? If they were throwing trash on the rink in Dallas, I'm pretty yes, sure they were did. trying to think, it's like, would this can of beer make it all the way up there where they got this guy yelling? Yeah, it's uh, that was the most dangerous one in uh, Dallas. People is very passionate. You saw what happened uh, uh, at the rink. Throwing all those objects, food, you know, French fries and everything. It was just a very disgusting thing to see. But the thing is that uh, some, uh, uh, I mean, some followers, some fans are really, really fanatics, like the ones in Edmonton. That was a tough crowd. But um, the Vegas Golden Knights, they handled it really well, very, very well. And uh, just being with the team, you know, uh, everywhere, it's it's been a First of all, a great experience, but an honor because uh, delivering this passion to the people that speak Spanish, it's a whole challenge. So, and a lot of people, it's as you know, crazy about the team on the Hispanic side. Yeah, and you, it's completely different being at a stadium, being at an arena, than calling it off of a monitor. I call the road games for the Raiders off of a monitor, mm -hmm. and sometimes you, well, 
every time. You don't see the whole field if you're just watching a screen. If you're there at the arena, you get the feel of the crowd. You get no. the feel of the team. You get to see everything that's going on. One of the things that is amazing is the level of ethics that the NHL handle at this point. I mean, everyone treats you, treats you like really nice. You know, everyone is very uh, professional, uh, ethically speaking. As far as all of the engineers that we have around us, all of them very professional and and uh, it's as I said, you know, a very satisfying uh, experience. So talk to me about this Golden Knights team because I remember when in their inaugural season they made it to the Stanley Cup final. Mm-hmm. I was watching you all over NHL Network where they were hosting you for interviews outside T-Mobile Arena. Your highlights were going viral everywhere because people wanted to listen to those highlights. Did you expect six years later to be in the same situation calling a Stanley Cup final because it's Crazy. You look over at all the Canadian teams that wish that they were in the same spot as the Golden Knights, that as an expansion franchise, right now they're in their second second final in six years. You know, that was a question that they asked me in uh, Dallas. They said uh, um, about why is not more Hispanics uh, involved, you know, players. And and, and I was like, what, what do you mean? I mean, uh, Aston Matthews' mom is from uh, Chihuahua, and Max Pacioretty's mom is from Mexico City, and there's Tavares, uh, there's uh, Martinez. Uh, Martinez. So uh, I just make clear that this is more a geographical thing than an ethnical thing, you know, where there's eyes, they're going to be playing hockey, but now it's expanding. Just look, we were playing this Florida and uh, Nevada, the hottest state and the most tropical state that we have are playing the Stanley Cup final, and that's crazy. You know, that's crazy. All of the Canadian teams are gone, and uh, Vegas Golden Knights contribute big time to get rid of those, you know, at Winnipeg and Edmonton. And uh, it doesn't look any any better for the Vegas Golden Knights, you know, to win the Stanley Cup uh, tomorrow. So tomorrow, big opportunity. What do you think are the keys for Vegas to be able to win and not have to make that trip over to Fort Lauderdale once again? Well, it seems like the Chuk is injured. You know, I don't know if he was infiltrated, you know, and and uh, on his uh, on his shoulder, and uh, also Duclair seems to be uh, um, also injured, and uh, but the NHL is very radical when it comes down. They just tells you it's a lower body injury, upper body injured, and they were talking about him. It's not like any other sport, so they're very. Uh, pragmatic when it comes down to describing any yeah, you don't want to give anybody a target to be like yeah it's his right shoulder the one that's hurting <laughs> yeah, so and then be like all right, right perfect there. hit the right shoulder <laughs> so uh uh but what the vegas golden knights have to do um it's just we get hurt a lot by allowing the puck behind our net so they have to take the puck away from behind the net as fast as they can protect the puck in the neutral zone is crucial and this means, you know, get to the other side as soon as you can. With the less touch, uh, touching the puck, the less you can, and just beat on the other side. And another thing that is really, really important is the long-distance shots. That's something that's worked the whole season for the Vegas Golden Knights. You have Shea Theodore with an amazing shot. Uh, also, a White Cloud, Pietrangelo, and uh, Martinez. We have that, uh, another, it's a... Another secret weapon, if you want to call it like that, that, that long-distance shots, they just have to take advantage of that. When they don't do it, we, every time that they have stopped uh, shooting from, from far away, we lost. And look at the results, you know, when they're shooting. And, and that's, that's all we need, you know, uh, shots. That's, exactly. that's, that's what we need from long-distance. Long and also, you know, um, get physical if it is required. Not, not to give up power plays. 
That's another thing because we have a very, very, I mean, better statistics on power plays and penalty kills. In every line, you know, we're better than the Florida Panthers at this moment. So I don't see why not the Vegas Golden Knights can lift the Stanley Cup. Lord Stanley. Which yeah. we had it here in the yes, one of our studios. I, I was at Raiders uh, OTAs when I got the email. I was like, "Damn, I don't think I'll make it in time before they take it away." Because then I saw everybody in the media, every TV station had it in their studio, and I was like, "Yo, I could have been next to a couple." You know what? Some other day. One thing that I noticed, uh, and Harry being on the road with the team, is that we are extremely well behaved as a crowd. I mean, you should see how passionate they got in, in Winnipeg, how passionate they got in Edmonton, even the Dallas Stars. And, but we are a very well-behaved crowd. I mean, the, the Vegas Golden Knights uh, followers, the, the fans, very, very well-behaved. You know, we don't, good. We don't demand to the referees the way they do. Like in Canada, man, they want to eat them alive. <laughs> oh, hey, a- that's some intimidation <laughs> process where Vegas eventually will get to that level. But right now, it's like it's a party. It's a party town, and you go to the T-Mobile Arena, and it's a party. And it's they've been educated throughout the years. I remember first year they were even announcing things where they were telling the fans what was going on. Now the fans know what's going on, and they watch, and they enjoy the game. I got another question for you, Jesus Lopez, Elocotlan, play-by-play announcer for the Vegas Golden Knights on their Spanish radio broadcast. When is Jack Eichel going to get a goal? That's another thing. I want to see Jack Eichel score. You know, they're I want, up three I want, to one. Yeah, I know. And, and he and, doesn't have a goal in the Stanley Cup final. And it's it's uh you know it's uh it has um five assists so far in this uh in this area on the in the final, and also well we have a Jonathan Marchessault. He's on fire, man. I mean on fire. A misfit that is it's, an original, you know, one, of, one of the original misfits. Yeah, and also you know uh, Riley Smith score William Carlson, and and uh, they're doing amazing. And man, your boy. Aiden Hill, my boy, he's been doing amazing, amazing. I was like, hey, who, who got into him? You know, he totally took advantage of this opportunity, and Aiden Hill is doing just amazing. I said it when he came into that game three in the first round when uh, Brossois mm-hmm. got hurt. I was like, hey, man, that's big-time pressure. Let's see if he's able to deliver. And he delivered big time, and now he's a star. And I don't know if he's going to still be with the Golden Knights next year. I hope he is because he quickly became one of my favorite players on this team. And uh, it's going to be interesting. But that's that's the NHL, the goalie that's most on fire, that delivers the most for his team in the Stanley Cup playoffs is usually the team that ends up lifting the cup and we never expected it to be Aiden Hill versus Sergei Bobrovsky in the finals but that's what the situation is right now do you think the Golden Knights clinch today I mean sorry tomorrow or do they have to go back to Florida I think we can do it tomorrow yeah then they're not gonna let go of this and uh, as I said if the Chuk is gonna be on ice it seems to be injured he's not so, 100% no he's not so uh, Barkov Barkov is not everything, and uh, as I said, line by line, the Vegas Golden Knights have a better team, and they have uh, they have showed it so far. We are three to one. We have home ice advantage, and uh, we have amazing players. You know, I believe what Bruce Cassidy did in, in Fort Lauderdale just give him one day to relax, to realize the world around him, what they have created with their with their careers, and uh, not to talk about hockey, no media, nothing. I believe that you know reset the team and that's the reason why we won 
game four. Yeah, you were telling that story on the pregame broadcast for the last game that they got the day off, that they didn't, yeah. they weren't brought in to do film, no, they weren't no, no. brought in to practice. They got the day off after losing game yeah. number three, and it reset them. And they went out there and they took a three to nothing lead, and that was enough I for them Bri to win. Brighton McNabb and uh, Jack Eichel, Riley Smith, they were both uh, the, the three of them were uh, sitting. Just watching the, the the ocean, you know, relaxing, and and uh, not talking. Just uh, as I said, you know, just resetting their minds and and uh, you know, just make the willing of winning the Stanley Cup grow. Because uh, you look your world around you, and sometimes all you need is one day off. Exactly. That's something. The only thing that you need is just to reset your mind and start. And from Bruce Cassidy zero. is amazing for that. Tell yeah. people where they can catch you with tomorrow's game and also when you got your show on the Portes Vegas 1460. Yeah, we are on the Portes Vegas 1460 AM and also on the .com, our website. You can uh, listen online and we have listeners in Spain, Colombia, Venezuela. We have uh, we got a lot of calls uh, from uh, Central America too. And of course, you know, uh, a lot of followers in uh, Monterrey, Guadalajara, Mexico. That's online, theportesvegas.com. And this is growing, you know. This is this is our team. That's another question that they asked me in uh, Edmonton. Uh, so you are very familiar with the logo, you know. The city is very familiar with the logo, and I told them this is not a logo, you know, the Vegas Golden Knight logo. This is the shield that protects our city. We are Vegas strong, just like you know Derek Engelen said it uh, on that opening day, and uh, they were like, you know, because that's what it is, the identity that we got. Uh, speaking about you know sports, when Eric Engelen said we are Vegas strong right there, we got our first professional sports identity, and that's a shield, not a logo. That's what I told them in Edmonton, and they were like, you know, yeah, they the guy took uh, quite a bit time to for the next question after I told him that, but yes, it is what it is. I'm very very proud of the Vegas Golden Knights. Jesus, I'm proud of you. You're doing a fantastic job Thank with you. the Vegas Golden Knights. Follow the broadcast. Good luck tomorrow, and Thank hopefully, you. Thank you, hopefully, you get a ring too if they win the championship. <laughs> I don't know about that, Harry. But hopefully, I'll be very happy. <laughs> hey, Golden Knights, give my man a ring if you guys do win the championship. Thank you, Jesus. And now we're gonna go to another break in a bit. After I tell you guys that you can head out to Resorts World, head out to the Doghouse Saloon, watch hockey finals there bet on the game, and you can also go to the brand new Golden Monkey Tiki Lounge at Resorts World. It's the ultimate tropical getaway. Enjoy their delicious island-inspired cocktails and soak up the lively atmosphere. For locals, check out this special. Buy one, get one free every night from 8 p.m. till midnight. That's not a happy hour. That's four happy hours. Go and enjoy it. Check out the new Golden Monkey Tiki Lounge and experience the ultimate tropical getaway located near the Hilton Lobby. And also, be sure to download the Resorts World Las Vegas Sports betting app to place your bets Anywhere in Nevada. You want to bet hockey? You want to bet basketball? You want to bet football? Download the Resorts World Las Vegas sports betting app. We got caught up in hockey. Now let's go back to football. Ryan Sakamoto, better known as Beast, is going to be joining us here on the JT The Brick Show on Raider Nation Radio. We're going to talk about the Josh Jacobs situation, what he saw in mandatory minicamp, and also the champ camp that happened this weekend at Raiders HQ.